Hello, welcome again to the Mike Ray's podcast. You're listening to your host, Mike Ray's. The power of joy and letting go, I feel they're interconnected. And there's a space to go deeper with this with present moment awareness and literally not holding up an identity, being completely surrendered, allowing the moment, while also allowing the, the wish fulfilled, the goals, the, the heartfelt desires of Santiago and the alchemist, the full like energy of the awakening initiative on the energetic the magician. But beyond that, the space of clarity, of Buddhism, the joy frequency is a full cup of awareness. But what I mean by that with letting go and, and by having a full cup, a full grail cup, the metaphorical fountain that overflows because we're not trying to do, is an awareness that we're not missing anything. We're divine. That everything that manifests from our thoughts and reflect back in our reality is simply programmed that we've accepted in the past. And as we fully embody, let go to the divine part of us, there's not anything to really do. And nothing can block the joy. It's interesting to attempt to talk about ideas around spiritual awakening, sorcery, transformation of conscience through words. And I've recently been working on a new project, connected with the podcast and building on all the ideas around prosperity conscious, ascension code, frequencies, higher conscious of the 5D, beyond the three-dimensional, good, bad, right, wrong perspective is that everyone seems to have some form of role, don't they? And everybody who we connect with in our reality, <laughs> it's a difficult pill to swallow, but there is some form of connection to us. They might not be directly related to us in terms of how we see the world. But if we see ourselves as someone that has to rescue everybody, they might look to us as the energy that we represent them in. They want to put us on the pedestal. But it's only by us, and this is probably some of the more challenging dynamics that appear in this screen of space, is middle God art, imagination creates reality, and everyone as you pushed out. The reason these energies continue to reflect back to us in this seeming reality that can block the joy frequency is because we don't fully believe that we are worthy in ourselves, that we need to please everybody else. So this is what I've been exploring again in this book called Integrated Empowered Prosperity, which is somewhat of a sequel to Be Prosperity and Conscious. That the pleaser state, the pleaser archetypal hero, warrior, victim, they're all interconnect from the space of threaded duality. To actually need to please is somewhat egoic. It keeps us in the 3D loop. Even in the need to be a yogi, a spiritual awakening teacher, if we're needing to be that identity, if we're attached to needing to be a, basically an identity-less yogi, it's still a need. It's still an attachment. It's still a loop that keeps us in the need to please, not necessarily the people, it's to please the identity with created. So the ability to transcend archetypes and move into the joy frequency is ultimately not being attached to everything, including our own name and function. And relationships but it can be very difficult 
at times, and that's some of the paradox, at times, the time linear space. When we're caught in the nature of time and past, his story, and hence the history is affecting the future. This is where the, the power of joy can transcend the ability to, well, I guess more, not so much the ability, the limitation of needing to keep replaying the past into the future, needing to keep pleased, even despite all the seeming consciousness changes we made. And why the power of now and Eckhart Tolle's work is so powerful, because it's encouraging to, to let go of the past, that the past is only a present moment that now has a his story, but even the story can be reframed as to what happened in this past, particularly from the perspective this is a dreamlike nature of reality. And we can, for Neville Goddard, you can revise the story, especially from the perspective that we're the ones created the play. So this ability to be in the joy frequency, this may have come a little bit full circle in, this, in its own way, is connected to letting go with the pleaser. Letting go of any attachment to identity. Letting go of even the need to be identity-less. So how can that be done? To, to let go of either having, of having an identity or not having an identity. Because I'm, I did this a few months ago. I started working with a very talented embodiment empowerment coach named Brooklyn Vuneau. And it was amazing. She helped me go deep into the body beyond the mind, come back to the heart that I'd really been working with since the Camino and almost in the, in the creative workspace, particularly publishing and, and, and moving my business forward. There was still this awareness that while my mind had ascended a certain level of consciousness, I could be in flow, I can understand, the body still contained a large level of trauma. It was difficult to embody a different state of conscious when the body was still storing energy in its cells around fear and lack, and, and particularly the, the, the fear of not pleasing. So the body needed to integrate with the mind, and it wasn't going to come through an incessant force. It needed to be, bring the awareness through. I had to let go of the need to please. But in having this attention, what the God I calls the wish fulfilled, to be worthy, to be unconditional love, to be prosperous, abundant. All the scenes of the situation, the, the creator reality, come forth to help transcend that. What Santiago experiences on his journey of the heart, they come forth to help him purify his journey, to reach his treasure, which is his heart. And for me, to ultimately embody a frequency of unconditional love, I had to perceive that even my desire to be identity-less was somewhat egoic. So you can still be in the world, but not of the world. And even the, to try and not have an identity was somewhat egoic. And that was the challenge of Brooklyn positive to me, which was why I felt was so powerful. I didn't want to have an identity because I was aware that to have an identity was to introduce a layer of form of attachment. And this is a big part of change, transforming change, the, the Maxwell Maltz method of psych, I think it's called psychosybernetics, where the vision uh, and the identity is what creates the changes. And I think it's actually the vision. It's, it's roughly a triangle of different attitudes and beliefs. It's like a pyramid, more than a triangle, I should say, where the top is what's striving on the ashes below it, with the below and the beliefs of those, the attitude. What is really driving is the vision, which is the identity, because the vision and the identity are one. But they're ultimately a heart vision, 
and a heart identity. So my desire to be unconditional love, be prosperous, to be creative, to be non-attached to identity is driving forward all the behaviours and actions to that. But ultimately, while I'm working through mind, I have to embody it in my, my own body. And to try to conceptually understand everything, this is where I, where I began this, this recording today, is a little bit difficult, that we can't necessarily conceptually understand spiritual awakening. You have to be awakened. You have to be full. You have to be the full cup. You have to, you, it's not even so much a had. You choose to be joy. But it can be difficult to be that with all our prior programming, not only in the mind, but also in the body, connected to an identity, the vision, which is driving forward, has had a past loop that told you you were not worthy, that you couldn't be joyful. So it's a choice, isn't it? It's like the Matrix red pill. And when he takes the red pill, there's dramatic effect. His eyes are opened and he realizes it's not really about the things he does anymore. It's all a dream, a simulation of reality. But he has three will in this moment because the past doesn't matter anymore. And while you could argue that even the, the red pill simulation, he's still in somewhat of a dream because he's still in the place of polarity duality, needing to fight the machine. Whereas there's the sequel, the more recent release sequel is quite interesting. The machine and the people are one. They've come together. It's still a consciousness which has evolved. And it's a similar thing with the space of joy. And what I'm getting at with what I work with Brooklyn, this identity, is I there was a six-week course I did with Brooklyn. and It was called her revival program. And it's mostly, I, I felt it was about embodiment. And I knew I had to embody this vision of being a, an author, poet, spiritual like a teacher, creative, entrepreneur who successfully produces content, books, speaking, movies, other type of entertainment that creates fulfillment, fulfillment and prosperous return for me and the people that consume the content. To embody that, I had to ultimately go beyond the identity. There was a mind space of needing to be a yogi, which is somewhat of the pleaser, somewhat of the know-it-all. <laughs> so this is the funny thing. It does happen often our, our strength can sometimes be our weakness, and our weaknesses become our strength. For me, speaking was my biggest weakness growing up. I was so afraid of the sound of my voice. I had a deep fear of it. Similarly, as I talked about it being prosperity conscious, motorcycles were an incredible fear. Uh, I was so terrified of hopping on a motorcycle. We had a lot of subconscious mind stories in my family about them, real negative connotations. But ultimately, as I began doing, but I began recording a podcast and I got my motorcycle losses both after certain challenges. My ability to transcend the old identity, the pleaser, also changed. And this is what I'm getting at with the power of joy, let it go. For me, it's got to this point where, connect with the embodiment work I did with Brooklyn, is there's an awareness that we all have some form of function in this reality, isn't it? Um, and the best way of saying rather than trying to be identity-less is to see this too. There's the function we have within the world, which is has a name, and it can be any name. We can change our name to help embody a different frequency, and it, it has certain interactions. But there's also the space beyond the name, the awareness, the unconditional loving 5D frequency the divine, the I am. And rather than just trying to see one or the other, what's been really helpful for me is, well, I recognize I am the I am, 
as you are me I am the divine and we can choose what type of play or story we, we want to create in this reality we're, we're kind of the, the storyteller that will be the be a better space the heart the a journey of the heart is the heart is creating the narrative and one divine I am is the heart but the ability for that to be perceived as the heart is connected to what type of story we create and ultimately, then the most challenging dark story that creates somewhat of a spiritual awakening is going to be probably would be more beneficial to this reconciliation to the two aspects, which are one in their own way. But when they're when they're attached as one, when we see ourselves purely as even the identity of the yogi, we're, we're trapped in one or the other. But when this is greater awareness, it we're both. That's the ability to be in joy. So ultimately, I don't want to go much further with this, this episode today because I, the more we talk and conceptualise, we can actually get lost in the meaning. But what I'm endeavouring to really share and embody and, and teach and connect with you on this episode today, connect with all the content around conscious manifestation, spiritual awakening, is this power of the I am, is that when we, I guess it's, it's almost like, the parallel between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind could be connected with the identity and the I am, the masculine and the feminine, isn't it? And the, the name and the clothes and the outer layer, the mirror of reality with what Neville Goddard would call the mirror of the face, that's probably more perceived as a masculine, whether you identify as masculine or feminine. It's more of the paradox, the yin and the yang. It's the cloak. It's the, the that's where the things are done and there's seeming seeming conscious choices. It's often called the gatekeeper to the subconscious mind, the feminine, and that's where this is. This I guess it's this tradition of the masculine holding the container for the feminine to express. But remember what people talk about with our brain power, or our frequency, and ability to manifest is more connected. What I talked about with Maxwell Maltz and the psycho cybernetics. The ability through all the, the, the vision and the identity to come forward and govern all the behaviours and the cloaking is, is the instruction given to, to the subconscious mind, the feminine, that brings it forward, the I am. So it's the I am part of this, the divine, that's creating the reality. And it's only the identity. The identity is really just an outer layer of the function, the, the space beyond the, the, the ocean wave. Because the iceberg and all the, the surface below the ocean, that's where everything's happening. That's where all the, the creativity is. We can choose our thoughts, and people talk about the power of mind and speech, I think it's referred to the Kabbalion, is our sovereign power. And ultimately it is. It's, it's most powerful because whatever we're choosing to think, including the idea of are we choosing to be attached to a certain identity? Are we missing any, missing something? Or are we already worthy? Or in that I am part of us? It's we don't need to find a proof. We simply can be joy. Those ability to create those choices are what is reflected into the subconscious mind that brings it forward in the unconditionally loving reality. So this awareness of the two aspects ultimately is a marrying of the, of the masculine and the feminine. And because of this, we don't have to be so attached to what the identity is, whether it's the pleasing yogi, whether it's the person that's completely detached from consciousness. It doesn't really matter because the I am is still part of both, but they're also separate. So it's the space that's created that ultimately helped me, helped me become aware as I was doing this work with Brooklyn, that I don't have to be that yogi person anymore. 
David Goddard talks about this too in this space of his journey with Abdullah. We got to this point where he, he became a strict vegetarian and he was basically very pious and he, yeah, like me, after he, he just felt very disconnected after his marriage. And he had this desire to change, which is still an ability to transcend. It's still part of the journey. But he realised he was also, well, Abdullah helped him realise this in his mentorship with him, that he was cutting himself off from fully embodying that joy frequency that wasn't so attached. Because even, the, I think the quote that Abdullah said to Neville is, Neville, you, you, you're, trying to, you're so good, you're good for nothing. No thing. Because the attachment of needing to be good is still caught in the polarity of 3D, good, bad, right, wrong, trying to please. So we can still wear the spiritual awakening hat, don't we? That we, we This is our passion. And it is a passion to me about conscious transformation is connected to spiritual awakening. But if we're attached to needing to be that person that's always good, we're also cutting ourselves off from the ability to be enjoyed. Because good is limited to the bad. There's no good without the bad, right without the wrong. So rather than limiting ourselves about trying to be attached to an identity that is a pleaser, hence reluctant to create a vision of one where we just simply express what our heart's trying to create, which is what Brooklyn was endeavouring to share with me. If we keep being attached to the pleaser state, we'll keep being having that need to please and not being able to move forward in our most abundant, prosperous reality. So by seeing the identity and the I am, the, the conscious and the unconscious, more and the unconscious is often the subconscious but the subconscious that can be empowered by beliefs and worthiness and deservedness and not more conditional lack and fighting and worry and victim states of 3d reality we could transcend and always be enjoyed thanks again for listening and bye for now